It's time. The Invest Well Show with Michael Wall. You got it. Right spot, right place, right dial. Nobody's dialing in anymore, Randy. It's all podcast. <laughs> they don't have to turn the dial, okay? No, this isn't no. like 1975 when you're trying to... You know, when you're trying to get your get your needle on your AM, FM radio just in the right spot. And if you're listening to me and you're under 35 years old, you're like, I, what's what he talking they, about? I, yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about. I did have an iPod one time that I had to kind of change the station on. I, <laughs> I saw a, a, a post on Facebook the other day and it says, I was told that there was a time when you... You turn on the radio and the and the and there wasn't even a readout there that told you who you were listening to and what you were listening to. Yeah, you relied on a disc jockey for that. Yeah. <laughs> there was a yeah. time, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you know, yeah, there was there was once a time where you actually exactly, you had to go out and find it. And now it's like at all you know, with with Google AdWords and all this stuff it all comes our way, right? So, it's crazy. Well, hey, thanks for joining us on the show today and we're going to be talking today about some things in relation specifically to the market, if you're new to the Invest Well show, let me welcome you in. For many of you, you have listened to my other show, which is the Michael Wall Show, heard in over 100 countries, and we've been airing that show for over three and a half years, which is a motivational show, and we've had great guests on all the way from celebrities to just great business owners over the country. So if you want to listen to that, if you're not tuned in, go to Michael Wall Show and search it, I guess, on your favorite podcast app. But many of you are here from there. Welcome in, though, to this show, which is the Invest well show. And we decided to create this primarily because, you know, I have had the experience and the blessing of sharing insight nationally for media for about six years plus. We've done some writing for Forbes and I've written a book and some other things. We also help families protect, grow and reduce taxes on their wealth and some of the wall company firms that I have. So leanonthewall.com is the place you can find out that. So we wanted to share this show and give information that will help you, you know, improve your financial life. And that's kind of the goal. I think, Randy, we're all in a place where we're trying to improve what we're doing, whether we're uh, just starting out with investing or whether we have some wealth, which is most of the families that we work with, or even lots of wealth as well, which we've, we've been in that game in the private wealth space. So that's important, getting the knowledge, making good choices, understanding where markets are today. And we want to talk a little bit about today about volatility. You know, what does that mean? What does it look like? What should we be looking at right now when it comes to our investments? You know, because... I'll tell you, Randy, whether you wake up today or tomorrow, I just saw an article on MarketWatch this morning, the day that we're recording this. It said, uh, a shock to markets around the world could trigger a 2020 financial crisis. <laughs> and then, you know, like uh, last week, there's an article that says, hang on tight, strap in, the Dow's going to 40,000. Right. Yeah. You have no <laughs> you know, idea. And people are reading all the, it's like, what? Yep. You know, are we going down the slide or are we going up the, uh, going up the hill? Which one is it? Exactly. And, and I think that you say that everybody has questions. I think everybody questions when they read things like that and they yeah. need to have somebody who they can ask those questions of and say, okay, are we going up? Are we going down? Are the trades, uh, this business with China is the, the inverted yield curve. You hear all yeah. those different things. What is it that I should be paying attention to and how is this going to either make me money or lose me money? Yeah. Well, I mean, those are all good questions. And, and, and we're in a situation where my experience over the years of investing and in, in working with more fluent families on, on those companies uh, that we have, again, in the wall companies, is there's a lot of people that have, have had experience where they've either they've built their wealth in, in one of three ways. One is either by building their own company. Okay, and a lot of times we see that as folks come in, they've they've built their company, they want to sell their company. 
one of the attractions that they have initially is we help a lot of families save a lot of money in taxes on the sale of their company, structure things correctly so they can maximize value in our consulting company and things like that, and then obviously help them manage the asset. But that's one way that people have built their wealth, if they've grown their own company. Second way that people have built wealth is just investing in markets over the years. Now, I say over the years, Randy, I'm talking about 25, 30 years. I'm not talking about 10 years. I'm talking about 25, 30 years, right? And the third way that people have built wealth is directly in real estate. There's a lot of people that where we live in South Florida and even clients that we've served in different parts of the country that have and do still own direct real estate, whether that's properties or residential, commercial, multifamily, whatever it may be, large properties in general, but they've built their wealth with real estate. And so now they're in a place where whether someone owns their own business or they own real estate or they are in a place where they have built it in the market, they're, they're now in a place where they've built their wealth, right? And their day-to-day antennas of what I'm going to do each and every day is kind of reducing. They kind of want to move into a little bit of a retirement phase. That doesn't mean they quit life. That doesn't mean they quit doing stuff, but it means that they are changing what they're doing. You know, it's almost like we talk a lot about golf. We joke about golf a lot. And you were talking to me about how you were out there playing and doing your thing and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of some holes you're hitting well, some holes you're hitting, you know, not as well, whatever. And if you think about a pro golfer or any golfer for that matter, you're in a place in life where, you know, if you've practiced a lot when you're in your 20s or 25 or 30, you know, you're in a place where you're hitting the ball a little bit. Now, if you're not a pro golfer, let's do it that way. Let's talk about you and I, Randy, right? (laughs) Because we're not pros. You're average everyday Joe. golf. And and you're in a place where, you know, you start out, you're doing your thing and life's busy. If you didn't play a lot when you were young, you're playing okay. But as you get a little bit older, maybe in your mid-30s or even 40s, that's sometimes when your game can almost come to a little bit of a peak, right? Because you've had some time to play. You've gotten smarter. You're you're not in the woods and you're trying to kill it and hit it on the green. You're like, you know what? Let me think about this. Time out. Let's take the smart approach. Let's just punch it out and give me a second shot for so I can hit it on the green, right? Instead of like when you're 25, you're like, ah. I got this. I can hit it 350 yards out of the woods onto the green. No big deal. Give me my driver right off the deck in the woods. And I'm in, you know, whatever. So you think a little bit smarter in the decisions that you make. So your game a lot of times increases. And what happens is in business, that can be the same way, right? You've made some mistakes. You've learned some things. You've figured some things out. Now you're making some more money. But then you move into the 50 stage ish or even a little bit older, 50, 60s. And now you're in a place where, you know, you're not as strong. Uh, you can't hit the ball as far in the golf course. So maybe your handicap goes up a little bit. I mean, you might be just increasing your handicap to cheat. So that way, when you play in a tournament, you can actually get, you know, you're telling me, here. I know your tricks, Randy. You know way too much is what I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. But it's the same way in business, right? So we're in a place, investment-wise, et cetera, where we've built this wealth. And now we're in a place where, you know, our our, our goals are changing. Our mindset's changing. And there is a lot of volatility on the system. I know we were talking kind of off air a little bit, Randy, that October 3rd of 2018, the Dow was at 26,828, right? Highest it's ever been. Yeah. December 24th, 2018, which is just a couple months later, the market's down to 21,792. Now, percentage-wise, from October 3rd, 18 to December 24th, 18, the Dow was down 18%. That's a big drop. That's a huge drop. Yep. And and then all of a sudden, I mean, think about it. Here you are. You got your wealth. You're doing your thing. Everybody's happy. Cloud nine. Market's been up and strong. And all of a sudden it drops 18% in two months. Mm. Right? 
And then d- April of this year, 2019, now all of a sudden the Dow's back up 22%. But a lot of people are in a situation where they're like, wait a minute, the Dow dropped 18%. I'm up 22% as of April now, 23rd of this year. But they're still not back to where they were. They have less money. And it's like, how does that make sense? And that's where people get mixed up, Randy. It's because you're starting at a lower number, and the 22% going up started at 21. It didn't start at 26. So yeah, it's that's. I mean, that's a lesson pretty much for everybody that uh, when the market drops, you've got to do better to get back to even. Well, it's the whole idea of losses versus gains, right? If you lose uh, 30%, you're going to make 43 to get back to even, etc. So let's talk about volatility. Let's let's kind of share with everyone listening today and talk about the reality of what should we expect? What should you do? Because there is a lot of articles out there. There's a lot of thought out there. There's a lot of commentary out there that can be all over the map, right? Positive, negative. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. There's talk here that the Fed is going to reduce rates again. First rate reduction in, in almost a decade tariffs are out there. They're talking about that. They're talking about, you know, college debt loans right now. They're talking about, I mean, there's so much thought and concept out there that I think, Randy, it's important. It's like, it'd be like being, again, we related to the golf course because I know a lot of people that we connect with play golf, but it'd be like being on the course and trying to hit your tee shot or your approach shot or your putt or whatever, trying to hit those shots, Randy, with every single club in your bag at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have the right tool for the job. Can you imagine that? You're stepping up. You're like, okay, give me my driver, my three wood, my five wood, my hybrid, my seven iron, my nine iron, my pitching wedge, my my sand wedge, and my putter, and I'm going to hold them all in my hand. Now picture that for a minute. (laughs) And you're holding all of those clubs in your hand, and you're taking a swing, and you're trying to hit the ball to where you're trying to go. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. So that's what happens. It's like deer in a headlight, and that's what can happen if you're in a situation out there when you're looking and listening to the financial noise. Remember, one of the biggest jobs of the networks And the financial information that is out there, whether it's Market Watch, whether it's CNBC, whether it's Wall Street Journal, whether it's, you know, Fox, whether it's whoever it is, I'm not saying it's good or bad, it's information that's being shared, but their number one job is to get eyeballs. Because the more eyeballs they have, the more advertisers they can charge, the more money they can make. They are a distribution agency primarily. They are sharing information about financial stuff, but they are a distribution agency. Okay, that's why you read a lot of articles and and the article you read might say opinion. It's somebody's opinion, right? It's not necessarily fact. Nobody knows where the stock market's going to go. So what should you do? We're in a place where the Dow is around 26,000. We just talked about down up from last year to this year. Well, I think the first thing that you got to do when you take a look at your portfolio is you first have to decide and understand how much risk you are actually taking. And when I say risk... I'm talking about risk in your portfolio. I'm talking about market risk kind of specifically. And by the way, if you're not familiar with risk, you know, there's different types of risk. You got liquidity risk, you got business risk, you got credit risk, and you got inflation risk. And there's others even beyond that. But those are the first few. And those risks all are something that you take based on the investments that you make. Now, there's an article that I wrote, and it's actually... You can find it on Forbes, identifying your risk in your portfolio and how 
to de-risk. So if you want to find that article and others that I've written, just search Michael Wall space Forbes or Forbes space Michael Wall, and you will be able to see all of the different articles in this. Identifying risk is one. You know, Randy, this is an important thing because I don't think people often think about the type of risk that they're taking, right? I mean, if they put their money in a CD that's paying them X percent for five years or 10 years or seven years, they just think I'm making this rate of return and my money's safe, right? That's going poor slowly. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can call, I actually call it losing money safely. There you go. That's another way to okay. say it. All right. You, you're losing money safely because you're in a situation where your money's in that CD and you're not even keeping up with inflation. Right. Now, you're not losing money because of the stock market, but you're losing money because you are not keeping up with inflation. So that would be liquidity risk. And it would also be inflation risk. But when I talk about analyzing your current risk, I'm talking primarily about market risk in relation to losses in the market. You must be in a place where you start to evaluate, how am I investing? What are my investments doing? There's another article that I wrote talking about how why higher net worth families need to invest differently. And it talks specifically to the idea of using alternative investments. And this is important. You know, when we have a sit-down meeting with families that are coming in for the first time, regardless of where they are in the country, we're talking about the whole idea of utilizing structures that are diversified and different than just the market. And that's important, Randy. You know, it'd be like going and playing the same golf course all the time. You know, you could do that, but it kind of gets a little boring. Well, you also don't know really how good you are. Because if you're dealing with exactly the same circumstances all the time, what happens when you actually do come up against something completely different? Then, well, it's like when, yeah. it's, it's like when you've played by yourself and then you play with me. You know, you realize, jeez, <laughs> I'm just not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> oh, if you only know the truth, ladies and I gentlemen. I got a regular But, you know, no, that's, that really is the truth. You're, you're in a place where yeah. that's a good point. You don't know how good you are. You want to always analyze what's happening, right? So... You want to be in a place where you're thinking outside the box. You're using different strategies. One of the things that has made, in particular, the Yale model, you know, Harvard and Yale, a lot of people have heard of those schools, but the Yale endowment model has been very successful over the years. If you've ever done research around that, we really started to tear apart, if you will, some of the things that has been happening in that portfolio back in the late 2000s to see why are these guys so successful. One of the reasons is, is they are willing to use off-market structures, whether it be true private equity, you know, buying into private companies, portions of, of shares of that private company, okay? And you, obviously, you want to do it in a very diversified manner, 20, 30 companies at a time. Well, there's, there's deals that we're involved in as we create financial plans through Wall Wealth Management. There's a deal that we're involved in that gives our clients the opportunity to be involved with true private equity, buying into companies that are off market, that are in a situation where they are not affected by the market ebbs and flows. And when you diversify between 30 companies and you take equity positions in those companies, you're in a place where you have the opportunity to, as I mentioned, not only be diversified, but have some strong upside in the market. You know, one of the other things that we see off market as well is, is diversified real estate. Now, this is something that if somebody, as you're listening to this out there, if you have a, an appetite for real estate, you already own real estate, you know, there's a variety of different ways that you can get in different deals. One is just directly buying in deals, 
Another way is, might be like doing a 1031 exchange into a deal. Another way might be taking advantage of even some of the opportunity zones that exist out there today. Okay. And so you're buying into these real estate deals and it gives you the ability to be diversified in a larger portfolio, have a nice rate of return. Oftentimes those will kick annual distributions of six to 8% a year. A lot of times those distributions are tax favored. And one of the things that we've seen historically on some of those deals is they've had nice returns, double digit returns over the years that we've just seen that happen. So you want to be looking at opportunities where you know demand is. And one of the demands right now, for example, is in multifamily, right? The end of 2016, you may not know this, but the end of 2016, we have some of the lowest home ownership in the history of the country. Also, we have some of the highest rents in the history of the country as far as rent per month amount that you're receiving. And we have a sentiment from baby boomers, Randy, that a lot of boomers are saying, you know what, by 2020, I'm looking to rent. I was just talking with a gentleman at the office the other day, and he's literally in a situation where he is selling his house and he's buying a, a boat, a good-sized boat, and he's going to live on his boat full-time. <laughs> now, now that's not renting in multifamily. That's a, like, who's tired of, that's a guy who's tired of lawn work. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't want to cut Moe's lawn anymore. I mean, obviously, he, he's actually had someone Moe's lawn, but the point is he just wants out of the house. So people are changing the way they live, and people are changing the way they want to live in the future. And so from that perspective, we know, is there risk in that type of real estate? Sure, there's risk in anything, right? You could lose money, you can make money. But at the end of the day, we know that there is demand behind it. So the point here is, is we want to be looking at investing into things that are different than just the traditional stock bond investment. That's the point, Randy. Well, I think that uh, a great lesson for all of us is to sit down and, as you say, identify the risk that you are in. And if you don't know that answer, you should be sitting down with somebody to talk about that and then getting something for the risk that you're at. If you're at high risk, but you're not getting the return, that's something you really need to identify. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with risk. It's just calculating it, as you mentioned, and making sure that you're in a place where you know what you're getting in return for. So as you're listening to this show, we're going to wrap it up with this. We just kind of wanted to give you some thoughts that are a little bit different than maybe you're thinking. We wanted to wrap it up with the idea that, listen, if you're in a place where you're like, you know what, I really need to learn more about what is going on with my investments right now. I'm going to challenge you to do, as I mentioned, and, and Google. Just get on your phone or get on the internet and search Michael Wall. W-A-L-L, Michael Wall and Forbes, okay? And you'll have multiple articles that will come up there that will help you understand a little bit more in the process of not only de-risking, but also things like how higher net worth families should be investing, how to help protect your portfolio from the next market crash. That was an article that, that we wrote about three months ago that's up there what to consider when choosing a financial advisor. So you're in a place where you're like, you know what? I'm getting ready to retire. I'm going to roll my 401k. I'm selling my company, whatever it may be. How do I find someone? Or maybe you're already with someone now, but you're like, I just, I need someone that's a little bit more holistic and well-rounded. Well, how do you find that person? How to consider what to consider when you find a financial advisor? That article's there for you. And then there's some more information up there on leanonthewall.com. That's another website, leanonthewall.com. Because at the end of the day, My challenge to all the folks out there is to get educated, get the knowledge that you need, and then implement what's necessary to put yourself in a place where you can make good decisions. Because the better decisions you make, 
the better your future is going to be. And the, but quite honestly, the better off we're going to be as a country because people people are making better choices. And so consequently, as a country, all participate in those choices as a whole, as we make better choices and keep our money instead of losing a bunch of money like 2008. So there you have it, folks. We talked about some different things, alternatives and some other ideas and some asset classes you can be thinking about. Again, if you got any questions, information, reach out to the show. One of the ways you can reach out is by going to leanonthewall.com, and there is a place that you can contact us there. But here is to you investing well and living well in the future and leaving the legacy that you want to leave. Have a great one, and we will talk to you all next show. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please call 888-511-9255. Wall Private Wealth is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall. NPN Insurance License Number 733010.